Welcome to the Online Pastor Podcast. My name is Amanda. If you are joining us, I am so excited that we have landed or are landing together in week four of our Christmas special, just pondering some of the people around the Christmas story who may have had a more difficult time in what we now call the Christmas season. And if you have not been listening, I would encourage you to go back and have a look at Ruth, I think her inclusion in the family of tree, Jesus seeing her, her unexpectedness, um, her journey with likely being barren. I think that provoked a lot of interesting emotions in me. And when I have shared that with other people, the things that I've learned about her position, I think they have not, I think they know, I know they have responded with a, a kind of immense sort of, wow, God was doing a lot before we even realized it. And then we fast forwarded last week to getting into, and I wanted to not be afraid to get into the messiness that is Christmas. I think there are so many, I use a kind of term like hallmark moments or Instagram photos around the perfect family. And we basically all know that that is just not true about how things go at Christmas. And a lot of us experience live out the brokenness. And so I wanted to get really kind of into that last week and this week. And I am looking forward to journeying today with you into the story and particularly the experience of Mary in the months leading up to Jesus' birth, just to provoke some questions about, I don't know, what do you, what are your assumptions are about Mary's experience of being a pregnant, unwed teenager or a pregnant before she should have been teenager when Joseph takes her as his wife. And so this is our last kind of Christmas reflection. I'd encourage you to spend some time with it in the story on your own, but also hope that you will stay tuned after Christmas when we have planned, we, I have planned some, a special season that will be coming out and encourage you to stay subscribed or if you haven't subscribed to do so because that is how a word is going to come out. And so without any further ado, we're going to dive into the story of Mary. So I just want to read to you a couple verses from Luke and then we're going to really just sit and think about what would have followed this announcement that she was going to have the Christ child. And we're going to marvel a little bit at her response at the end, but I think it's important for us in a season where we've talked about this last week, it's going to hold a lot of mixed emotions. Last week we focused on, on the grief um, of disappointment and, and maybe discouragement, unfulfilled hopes or you know, living in the Zachariah and Elizabeth story of of kind of cyclical grief and waiting. And this week, the holidays, I think, can provoke in a lot of us how broken or messy our family situations are. And I think this story, when we when we sit in it for a bit, will reveal that Mary was not without similar experiences, I think, as part of her journey of bearing Jesus Christ. So I'm just going to read from Luke and then we'll just walk through some of the implications of this, you know, announcement of a miracle. 
And then I'm going to do what I did last week, give you some really practical tips uh, for going into messy situations, I think, or family events, maybe where you're just kind of um, a little bit trepidatious, if that is a word. (laughs) And, you know, interestingly enough, when we were training in therapy, we were told that the busiest time of year is right after Christmas, like January, because a lot of people, uh, yeah, a lot of people, you are in good company, I would say, if you have, if you have some messed up family. And if you don't, I think really, please just enjoy it. And, and maybe you think I don't need to listen to it. I would say even more so because I think there are a lot of people, more people probably than not really struggle going home for Christmas or maybe they have actually decided they can't go home for Christmas. And so we're going to kind of sit in some of that. So in the sixth month of Elizabeth's pregnancy, this is Luke 1, 26, God sends the angel Gabriel to Nazareth, a town in Galilee, to a virgin pledged to be married to a man named Joseph, a descendant of David. The virgin's name was Mary. The angel went to her and said, Greetings, you who are highly favored. The Lord is with you. Now Mary was greatly troubled at his words and wondered what kind of greeting this might be. But the angel said to her, Do not be afraid, Mary. You have found favor with God. You will conceive and give birth to a son. You are to call him Jesus. He will be great and will be called the Son of Most High. The Lord God will give him the throne of his father, David, and he will reign over Jacob's descendants forever. His kingdom will never end. And then Mary kind of gets really practical and says, how will this be, Mary asks the angel, since I am a virgin? We're just going to pause there because I'm going to get to the angel's answer later. Now, what is fascinating, I think, about this story is I realized how much my experience of Mary or I've projected things onto Mary based on honestly a lot of Christmas carols and they don't really capture her experience of what it would have been like to be pregnant with Jesus and it wasn't really until seminary preaching class I remember this very acutely it's so fresh in my mind that there was a a lady who was preaching and she decided to preach on Mary and she said I remember her saying something like you know Mary's pregnant teenager unwed in a small town everyone knows each other people are probably related and imagine this 14 15 year old girl walking down the street and as she does people's heads turn away people who before would have greeted her with open arms People close their doors, close their windows, because here comes Mary, the family shame, pregnant, not married. And as this person was sharing this experience, she just started to weep. And, you know, I never really thought about Mary's experience as a pregnant, unwed mother And even though Joseph, you know, stays with her, it's pretty clear that it's not his, I think, or everyone thinks he's lying. And so Christmas time, I think, sometimes is this sort of, it seems like a shiny day when you see all the commercials of families around the table having 
this sort of great turkey dinner. And in reality, most of us know it never happens like that. <laughs> like everyone's sitting at the table and people know that up until that point, maybe we all got there, but someone's was fighting in the kitchen over what temperature so such and such need to get cooked. And we actually had to throw a pie out because we burnt it. And the relatives were late, so the the meal's 30 minutes behind, and everyone's hangry, and people, you know, so-and-so's uncle's not talking to someone else, and maybe people didn't even show up this year. It's always the glossy pictures, you know, the Instagram photo that we think that's what people's life is like, and most of us all know that it's not like that. I just never thought about it as it pertained to Mary. Mary gets this announcement that she's going to bear the Christ child. And her first question is, how can this be since I am a virgin? I mean, that's a very, very practical question, Mary. (laughs) And uh, I love that she starts off and she's troubled at his words. She's called a favored, but she is troubled at his words. I think that if Mary and her family had Christmas dinner... Mary's grandparents had Christmas dinner that year, she probably wouldn't have been invited, if I'm allowed to speculate, if that even makes sense. I don't think Mary would have been invited to Christmas dinner. I think the interesting thing about Christmas, I would say this is a pastor, is that it brings up a lot of emotions in people. I think there is this sort of expectation that things need to be okay and everyone needs to be together and I it's from what part of the story do we get that because it's pretty clear like even with Zechariah and Elizabeth Elizabeth hides herself away for five months when she's pregnant like things are not easy things are like this is I'm old like imagine Mary shopping for clothes this old like think of an elderly lady in the maternity section at the bay like we would have like what would people have thought what would you what would your your reaction be to that and think of maybe your own truthfully if you can even allow yourself to go there what what would you how would you have responded to a pregnant teenager unmarried and then even what would you have thought of joseph the christmas story is actually pretty messy and broken and I think Mary and Joseph's experience would have been immensely difficult I don't think their family and friends I would love to actually think their family and friends would have been like yeah you're gonna have God in flesh that's awesome Joseph you chose to stay by her good for you I I think a lot of his friends would have probably tried to talk him out of it and I think uh, she probably had to silently bear this sort of the the ostracized if I can say it like being ostracized what strikes me about that Mary's experience and I just you know did a class where I was reading through I had to read through the book of Acts is that Mary's pregnancy that round belly of hers would have been would have caused offense to people what God was doing would have offended people because they didn't know the inside story. And I was really challenged by that when I was thinking about it, of how quickly we judge, how quickly we tend to write off the way God is working because it doesn't fit in 
to the box and and I think about how why wouldn't how Jesus did that but also why wouldn't that have started with his own conception and his own being on the earth in utero we can use that terminology that that would already cause offense it would offend people of course it would now I'm seeing that in hindsight because look at Jesus ministry all he did was offend people he touched the untouchable he healed people from diseases through touch and instead of them making him unclean he made them clean and then you see an axe the holy spirit never acts or rarely acts it's not not a pun intended but in a way that we expect but constantly challenging our own biases as he does with with Peter and the clean and unclean and and the sharing of the gospel, not just to the Jews, but also the Gentiles, it causes offense. And so why would that not be the case with Mary? God's very presence on earth in utero would have likely caused offense. It would have made family Christmas very awkward. And I bring this up because I think that it is helpful to realize that the Christmas story isn't all just this magical Hallmark movie. There are spaces of great pain, disappointment, as we saw with Zachariah and Elizabeth, but there's also spaces of significant brokenness, I would imagine, on on Mary and Joseph's experience. And so I just want to speak to you if you are walking into situations where there is brokenness or maybe you are staying away from a situation because it's better for you not to be there or maybe you're sitting there and someone has opted to not be present at the table this year and so the chair is empty how do you deal with some of that well i think that i'm just going to speak to some of you maybe who are you know, experiencing great pain and brokenness, it's really important that you understand or all of us understand we can't control a lot. So don't try to and take responsibility for the things that are within your control, which is mainly you. So I think being aware of your expectations is a good thing. Are things different this year than they were last year? Who's going to be there? Who's not? And then are they realistic given the year that we've had? I think another uh, another thing worth pondering would be um, it's important to, to plan ahead. <laughs> How long will you stay? Where will you stay? Basically asking yourself who or what you're willing to put up with. What topics are you willing to discuss and not? And then gently you know prepare your boundaries i'm not going to talk about this or let's leave this for another time i think it's worth also acknowledging that um that it's not just your holiday it's other people's holidays so i think being aware of your own expectations and what you would like it to be but also inviting other people to clarify what they are what they are hoping for in the experience of the holiday or the meal Because then it also becomes clear whether their expectations can meet what you're planning or not. And you can have a clearer conversation because really you don't realize that that you had expectations until you're frustrated or disappointed or angry. And oftentimes you've said something and it's too late. So I think just 
planning for that. I think it is also really important that you have fun things planned. Maybe you are choosing to show up for Christmas, it's painful, or maybe um, you're not showing up for Christmas and that's painful. And so fun things planned for you with people that you want to see is really important in this season. And, um, and plan those things because oftentimes it's in the unplanned that we get into sticky situations or weird things come up or comments get said or we find ourselves mentally not in a good place. I think the other thing is, I mean, I don't say this tritely, but put the fun and dysfunctional. Like, can you become more curious than judgmental over the things that you are experiencing You know, if you're, oh, how can I face this conversation again? Or I can't stand it when so-and-so says this. Like, put the fun in it. Like, maybe try a different response. Or realize that every family, how did we say it? I forget who said it. It's like, every family is functional until they're not. And then they're dysfunctional. We all have our own ways of dealing with things. And I think there has to be a, a space where you can recognize that you can hope people you can hope people will change, but realistically, you can't wish them to be different than they are. And so if you're willing to to see that then and work within it, then you can figure out what you can put up with and what you can't, what you're willing to have said to and what you're not. And I think that's really, really important. The thing, the last thing that I would say before we kind of get into more a spiritual reflection is that I, I reiterated this last week. Most of the experiences in life are bittersweet. They are memories that we will make that have both sadness and happiness in them. Nothing is really a fully rounded experience that is all one feeling or another. And so I think recognizing that majority of the human race isn't the Hallmark channel or the Instagram photo. There is always a sub story and a subtext like we like we read with Mary and Joseph, it's not all this kind of easy process of, of bearing Christ's child. It's this more probably pretty difficult family conversations repeatedly. I can't even imagine what Mary's father would have thought. <laughs> Joseph's parents, like the, this wasn't just the two of them, this sort of shame I'd imagine would have extended further. So they're, they're you know, I think Jesus' immediate um, family, Jesus' immediate experience would have, I mean, yeah, he would know what that is like, I think, to show up for family Christmas, or I, I mean, for him, it would have been Jewish festivals and probably had some whispers still about his background. So he gets it. I think that's the thing that I, I want to say to you, but I want to also share with you a devotional just to read um, to you. It's not my words, but I just thought it was so powerful about how the angel responds to Mary when she asks this question and what, and what that actually means for Mary. So after Mary asks this question about how can this be? Cause I am not married. The angel says to her, the Holy spirit will come on you. The power of the most high will overshadow you. So the Holy one to be born will be called the son of God. Even Elizabeth, your relative, is going to have a child in her old age, and she who was said to be unable to conceive is in her sixth month, for no word from God will ever fail. Now, I'm just going to read this last part. It's from Alea Peister. I think that is how you say her last name, and she is a poet. You can find her on Instagram. But she wrote a reflection for an Advent calendar devotional that we're following. I'm following 
It's really excellent. Biola University, if you're interested in it, they do a great Advent and Lent one. But she writes this about what the angel responds, how the angel responds to Mary. The promise Mary receives is not that God's exceeding power will make her life easy, understandable, or painless. Instead, she is promised that he will call her to participate in a work so holy that it will bring her to the very edge of herself every day. She is promised that God's power will cover and uphold her precisely there. I'm just going to pause on that quote. The promise she receives is not that God's exceeding power will make her life easy or understandable or painless, but she's called to participate in ways that will bring her to the edge of herself. And it's God's power is going to cover her and hold her there. I just think, wow, that's so right. I hadn't thought about it from that perspective. (laughs) The angel answering her like, yeah, how can this be? I'm not with a man. Oh yeah, the power of the most high will overshadow you. What? He doesn't answer her question. Nothing becomes clearer. But she has a promise of God's presence. And I read on this quote. Mary's astonishing example of faithfulness consists, at least in part, in the readiness with which she consents to be overshadowed, to inhabit in every moment from her son's conception to her own death, reality she cannot possibly comprehend, and in doing so, to trust that God is with her, or he's overshadowing her. And we'll just end with this from the quote, May we then be like Mary, when the power of the Most High overshadows us, when God calls us to vocations that require us to inhabit what we do not know and can never understand or express, may we humbly say with the mother of our Lord, I am the handmaid of the Lord. Be it unto me according to thy word. I am the Lord's servant, Mary answered. May your word be to me fulfilled. Thank you so much for joining me today on the Online Pastor Podcast. Please take something away and talk to God about it. But also, don't take my word for it. Grab your Bibles and spend some time with Jesus. Stay current on the next episode by hitting subscribe. And also stay connected by finding us under the handle, The Online Pastor. I look forward to being with you again.